There's one thing I want you to do for me. What? Come here. Win. What are we waiting for? Take this! Welcome to the Tim Gaither Podcast, episode 48. My guest today is Eleanor Kerrigan. Say hello, Eleanor. Hello, how are you? Tammy, what's going on? Not much. I'm so fake. Hello, <laughs> how are you? And the people are like, whoa, must have a really attractive girl. Yeah, well, I do have a very attractive girl. <laughs> oh, is that right? Yeah. Oh, thank you, that's sweet. Yeah, and then they see you. me and they're like, what? She hasn't fully transitioned yet. Oh, that's um, bullshit. You're a fine piece, <laughs> Eleanor. Oh, my thanks. I, <laughs> I feel like I just talk like that. I love Eleanor Kerrigan. Eleanor is uh, one of the big, biggest reasons I got passed at the comedy store because you recommended me to Tommy, like, pretty quickly. Like I'm happy it worked out. I can't remember where I saw you, but I do remember seeing Did it, we work at the Laugh Factory or something together first? No, I think it was here, and I did, like, maybe the belly room or something. Okay, or maybe hosting in the OR. Yeah, maybe so. And then you used to get, you would help me get up at a decent time in the show, like during the friends and family. Yeah. So Tommy saw me do that, and then I got a showcase pretty quickly, and then uh, and then Mitzi saw me through a videotape. I've never actually got to meet Mitzi. I think, yeah, we both showcased for her that same, night yeah, in the, the main same room, night. Yeah. and they recorded it because she couldn't yeah. make it in. And it was like a three-minute showcase. And yeah. I was like, what the fuck am I going to do for three minutes? And uh, then a few days later, a week or something later, I called. I was on a plane when I found out. And I was like, there's no way I'm going to get past the first time. They, everyone's telling me that never happens <laughs> and all this stuff. And uh, the showcase went well, but um, I remember I was on the plane and I was like, and you called me and it was either voicemail or you told me on the phone, but you were like, you were like, well, she passed you, you negative prick. <laughs> <laughs> I told you you would. And then you were like, don't tell Tommy I told you because he'll want to be the one to tell you. And oh, yeah. Like, right. Yeah, yeah. So, I, yeah, I vaguely that was a while ago, huh? Yeah, it was like... Nine, eight years? Eight or nine years at least. Yeah, because guess who didn't get passed that night? You didn't get passed. Nope. That's bullshit. <laughs> yeah, and Chris D'Elia was on that showcase as well, I believe. Really? And Mitzi said he was too dirty or something. Really? We were, I was like, he was not. Huh. But I think, oh no, maybe I'm confusing you because that was the night Mitzi stayed. And I think she confused Chris with somebody else. Okay. Because then when he we sent the tape in, he got passed. That's probably me. I got passed on accident. <laughs> no, no, you weren't dirty. We were dirty. I wasn't dirty. She told me I was cute. Yeah. And I was like, cute? Yeah. Bitch. Yeah. I'm just kidding. But for Mitzi, that that means a lot. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I that's weird that you never met her. But you, you would write up to me, like when I saw you the first time, I'm like, oh, one, he's hilarious, but you're her type oh, really? of comic, comedy. And I was like, oh, yeah, she'll fucking love this. So, oh, are we not allowed to curse? Oh, yeah, cuss your okay, ass I'm off. sorry. Yeah. All of a sudden, my balls drop and I just curse. But, yeah, she... Um, I knew she would love you immediately. Oh, well. So I was. I wish she came in and you got to meet her, but... Yeah, I've never gotten to meet her. I saw her. I've only seen her once, and, like, Tommy was, like, helping her walk to the car, and uh, I was like, there she is. But I never got to speak to her. 
There she is, the myth, the legend. Yeah. Yeah, she's Nutty Butters, but... Uh, how did you... Uh, how long have you been doing comedy now, first of all? 11 years this month. Okay, awesome. Yeah, next you, week, I think. You know your exact date? Yeah, uh, yeah it's like the... Or maybe it is this week. It's like the 24th or the 25th, so it was already passed. Yeah. I'm living... I keep forgetting what day it is. Yeah. It's my new thing. How long have you been a paid regular here? Uh, it took me three years, three and a half years to get passed, and I got passed on March 17th, 16th. It was the day before St. Patty's Day, so that one I remember. So it only took you three and a half years from the time you started. To get passed. That's yeah. a pretty big deal, too. Uh, yeah, but I worked here for so long, so okay. I also... Like, I worked here as a waitress for 12 years, and I was Mitzi's assistant. Oh, so you know her really well. Really well. Okay. And so Mitzi hates when a waitress turns comic. That's her least favorite thing in the world. Really? So, Oh, yeah. Because, and I watched it happen, where the waitresses are like, I could do that. Mm-hmm. And then they get, and, and it's it's brutal. Yeah. And uh, it happened a lot. <laughs> yeah, I bet. So she would freak out, and she would just fire them. She was like, if you didn't come here as a comic, you don't, you're not a comic. You know, you can't work here and pretend, well, I can do this to get into show business. No, I'm See, not I, allowing I it. thought that was like the thing. I thought you I thought you came here and got a job here. A door just, guy. Okay. Or a cover booth. We used to have girls in the cover booth, but then she stopped it for a long time and just made it all men because basically they were the security as well. Okay. So it wasn't like... Um, you know, we, t- people are like, oh, she didn't like girls. That's not what it was. She didn't want a girl seating people and then have to work security. Right. Now, we, now we're really open, so we have a real security system set in place, mm-hmm. and there's just right door guys and door girls and cover booth girls and cover booth guys. You know what I mean? Like, it all right. changes up now. So that initially how she had it, and then things got busy and out of hand, so she was like, ah, I got to have guys. So, because they, they're going to have to strong, you know, it's mm-hmm. going to be security. So, um, when I started, I just wanted to be an actress, not a comic. I never wanted to be a comic. So, she loved that about me. And then she had fired, like, four waitresses, maybe a month in to when I started, month, maybe two months. She fired them for eating carnies in the building. Oh, yeah? That's a real thing. <laughs> and uh, so, we had no waitresses, and I was brand new. Yeah. I was like, shit, I can't handle the main room by myself. And we had a benefit in there or something. Those girls had to go home. So I moved up quick. And then, and I would take like two, three sections and just hustle. I was like, okay, I can make money. But at the same time, we're short. I don't want to get fired because right. I have no job, you know. And so I just would work really hard and really fast. And she like fell in love. With, she used to call me Flo. I'm not going to take that as a compliment. Right. Because that was from Mel's Diner, I think. Yeah, I remember that show. <laughs> but she couldn't remember my name, so she would call me Flo. And I was like, oh my God, that is brutal. Why would you do that? And she, I mean, I think she really just took a liking to me because I didn't want to be a stand-up. And I mean, she knew I wanted to be an actress, but not okay. a comic. So it didn't conflict. She hated conflict. Yeah. And I watched A Million Waitresses turn and go up and bomb and she'd scribble their name out when they did a showcase or if they got on the um open mic you know the podcast uh podcast potluck right i can't think today potluck if they got on the potluck um she'd see them and be furious yeah so 
I'm like, Ugh. Someone told me when I was starting out, they were like, if you're good at stand-up, you make it look easy. So everyone thinks it's easy. So I'm sure right. being here with some of the best comics in the world, a lot of waitresses were like, I can do that. I'm funny. I, it, it, it boggles me that people look at that and say like that because I watch the best, the worst, the really bad, the really great, you know, everything you can think of. Right. I've seen uh, Jim Carrey, Robin Williams, Richard Pryor did a whole year, did a whole year. Uh, and me and my friend Jen were the only ones that were allowed. And this other girl, Lauren, were allowed to wait tables that night. We were the high, like the high ups and whatever waitressing wise. And Mitzi didn't want any mistakes while Richard was here, and he did every Wednesday for a year. Wow, that's awesome. Maybe a year and a half, actually. You got to see that. Yeah, how crazy is that? And I mean, it's phenomenal. So I mean, I watched people cry. And he was in a wheelchair. Yeah. So and he still went up there and kicked ass sitting. Yeah. Like he was phenomenal. So and then you see the worst, and you're like, oh, this is brutal. Like. Why would they do that to themselves? Yeah, did you ever get to speak to Richard? A million times, yeah. yeah. I, I uh, And then he cursed me out on stage. It was my favorite. <laughs> because It was my fault. It was his wife, ex-wife, seventh wife, second and seventh wife, Jennifer. Right. Uh, and Jen was great. We She would come here all the time with him. But she wouldn't let him drink because it would counteract his meds. Mm -hmm. And I was like, man, just let him drink. And she was like, no. So he would order a toonie, a martini, and he's like, go get me go get me a toonie. And I'd be like, okay. And <laughs> I'd bring it to him, and she told me to make it water, like just water, plain water. And it was like this much in the glass, like a tiny bit in the glass. I forgot we're on radio. And uh, <laughs> I gave it to him, and he drank it and he went on stage and he's like i was putting a drink down and i mean i'm a ninja i'm like crotch and I'm, I'm like like creeping around yeah like i look like a duck serving drinks you can't see me i would never block richard anybody's eye line god bless you that's why Mitzi, that's how mitzi trained us and that's why only me and jen and lauren were allowed to do it because we were the only ones that actually did that yeah we would never stand in front of a comic you know i've never met her but everything i've heard about her i, I think i would really like her. oh totally you guys would have got along i'm telling you you're like right up her alley be like because the kind of comic she would have took under it's all about the details you yeah. know like when you've got to wait like i was just in a club in in the midwest and this the, some of the waitresses were so bad they're like being they're talking as loud as we are now yeah and, and i would have to like you know i'd have to um, speaking to the microphone a lot louder and all that stuff to kind of drown them out so people could hear. Yeah. But it's all in the details. You know, there's so much little stuff that goes into comedy. That's why certain people, you don't want to follow certain acts because it's not that you can't follow them. You can. It's just that it's like... They don't play by the rules. Yeah. Or, it's like this guy goes up and does 20 minutes of crowd work or question and answers and then you got to go up and follow that shit and do an hour. And the first 10 minutes of it, you're just putting out fires because... The crowd think this is what we do. We talk to the comic, and I'm like, no, goddamn. Yeah. <laughs> if I, I, I remember even the beginning when I would MC. Um, sometimes you have to do crowd, you know, because they're sure. wild, whatever. And I would always say, look, uh, if you want to talk to somebody, talk to me. Don't. And that, and it's something I learned from working here, and MCing, and um, how Mitzi used to make all of them do it. Do, don't let the crowd get rowdy. 
during the comic. Yeah. You know, you your your job, and I, she wasn't telling it to me because she wasn't around like that when I started doing stand up. So she, but I would hear her say it to Freddie Soto or Bob Oshak or all those guys that would host here every friggin' night, uh, every Sunday night, um, and she would tell them like they can talk to you not the comics. So when I would do it, I would always say, you know, if you have any questions or you want to yell out, hold it until this comic's done. And when I come up here, yell it at me for no reason. And so we would do that and it would become like a thing. Like I had a question about his bit. And I was like, really? (laughs) (laughs) Really? (laughs) You dumbass. But people are such assholes. So then it just took, it was my thing to shit on them. So yeah. But yeah, that. Uh, that, that night, Richard, I remember I was like crawling, crawling in the front of the, you know, I was in the front row of the original row. And then, you know, they sit on the stage and then there's that row behind them. And I was turned away from the stage all the way down, handing a drink to these people. I wouldn't even collect money when Richard was on. Mm-hmm. I would I would wait until he was done. I just watched my room. Even if they didn't give me a credit card, I just waited. And so, um, especially Richard, because he was feeble technically he was mm-hmm. and he was speak low so people were in it right and um so i was putting a drink down he goes that waitress <laughs> she gave me a drink of his water bitch <laughs> and i was like oh my god i was gonna curse out by richard Farr. like he was like that bitch thinks i didn't know bitch i know oh and he just went on this whole tangent i was like this is really happening yeah <laughs> this is my idol this is richard fire yeah like I, I, I shouldn't say idol. I should say I love them. You know, sure. I respect. We watched until that tape broke. Mm-hmm. You know, him, Richard. There was a lot of comics. Richard, Eddie, Dice. That uh, thing that Rodney Dangerfield did. The what was that called? The Rodney specials where he had all the different young comedians. Young comedian. Yeah. Yeah. So it was like Dice. I remember Dom Irera because he did South Philly stuff. So we were like, "What? He's from our neighborhood." Yeah. So we watched that till it broke. Yeah. That, yeah. that was one of the things, when I was like 10 years old, one of those specials uh, planted the seed for me that, you know, I didn't realize for a long time this was what I was going to do, but that was the first time I, I, I was Sam Kinison and Dice was on there, and Emo Phillips. Oh, yeah. Schimmel was on there. Schimmel was terrific. And I really remember Dice, and I remember Sam Kinison, because he was talking about, like, you know, Jesus being nailed to the cross and all that, <laughs> and like, ow, 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 you know, all that shit. And uh, my favorite bit ever is, you see this? It's sand. You know what it's going to be in 100 years? It's going to be sand. You live in the fucking desert. Do you know <laughs> whose other favorite joke that was? Who? Mitzi Shore. Really? <laughs> she would do it all the time. Wow. Sand. Do the sand bit. Oh, it was so funny. You know what it's going to be in 100 years? It's going to be sand. You need to go where the food is. <laughs> <laughs> Don't send these people any more money, folks. Send them trucks. Yeah. Yeah, it was great. So and, and and I grew up Southern Baptist, so he was talking about Oh yeah. He was talking about all this stuff He's a that Texan, right? Yeah. That I was not I was not supposed to laugh at. You know, you're not supposed to laugh about Jesus getting nailed to the cross sure. and all that. But I just could not help it because I was like, Man, that's so funny and true. Like I'm sure he wasn't like all cool about it. He's probably you know, he's he, he's in human form, so he's gonna yeah. be screaming and and cussing at him and uh Oh, I never got to meet Sam. Really? Uh, uh, he died in 92. I started at 93 as a waitress here. I recently took the same road that he died on. And, you know, it's real humpy, that lo- yeah. that, that, that thing to Laughlin. It's just up and down and up and down. And and uh, it was kind of creepy, to, yeah. to be honest. I'm like, oh, I wonder if this is the, the 
it was where he died because it was just you know who uh, i don't know if you're friends with him or if you're in vegas and you have your equipment with you you should get the great carl LaVoe. you know sam died in his arms really yeah it was brutal but i know of him dude one of the best one of the best podcasts we've ever had the comedy store really podcast and he's in vegas carl's in vegas right now he's doing a residency yeah Finally, I'm, I couldn't be happier. Uh, he's one of the best performers mm-hmm. I've ever seen. Really? Out of every... Because he just... I've never seen anybody commit to something so dumb. <laughs> <laughs> but it, it's also brilliant. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, it's just yeah. a silly little... Like, he told a story about a bike ride a couple months ago. We were working together. Just going on a bike ride. It was something that happened that day. And the level he took it to... I was like, what happened right now? Like, the crowd was on their feet, and that's how he gets you. And the one time uh, Dice and I were doing Vegas, and Alan, Steven, and Carl LeBeau were there, and they were, you know, original outlaws with Sam. And they would tour with Sam all the time. So uh, Andrew goes, Dice was like, let's make it an old-school comedy show. I go, whoa, whoa, whoa. Alan has never been yeah. A comic when the old school comedy. You can't put Carl LeBeau in front of me. Are you out of your mind? Yeah. Like, I love Alan Steven because he's a professional uh, MC. He's a terrific comic, but he's a, he's great at MCing. Yeah, I know. Like, just to get the crowd into it. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I was like, I'm not afraid of that, but I'm afraid of Carl LeBeau. Yeah. I, I mean, and he did eight minutes. He got, uh, I would say, six applause breaks. Wow. Giant applause. Eight minutes. And I'm like, fuck me. I got to follow this. I was dying. I was like, and he went out as the Christian comic. Oh, really? Which is probably one of the best bits I've ever seen. Yeah. For a dice crowd, the Christian <laughs> comic. I don't swear. I don't, and this whole, <laughs> and then he turns it and it's phenomenal. And when you say finally, it's because he's one of those guys that yeah. probably most comedians are like, why isn't this guy famous? Why isn't he? Well, yeah, he went through some crazy shit. I don't know how much you know about sam but uh him and sam i read i read the book that is i think his brother wrote oh bill yeah yeah yeah. so okay so a lot of this is left out but um carl has a daughter and oh yeah i know that that's sam's daughter okay i heard it looks just like sam or she yeah i mean the thing came out with a trench coat yeah yeah. (laughs) and a beret exact (laughs) like seriously yeah you know why and start yelling you're like whoa whoa did that did that ruin their friendship he didn't find out till later. Oh, really? So it ruined he his... Couldn't, he couldn't look at the... It crushed his soul. He, he couldn't he look at that. I didn't think of that. He couldn't look at the girl and be like, God, she looks a lot like my best friend. No. Huh. Well, Some people just go through it. Yeah. And then it was just... But it, it should have just... I don't know why they didn't say it before. I don't know. It's crazy. Huh. Well, not to fish for compliments from someone I've never met, but why do you think Mitzi... Um, why do you think I'm her type of... Comic? No, because you're smart... Uh, funny and just yeah just everything like if you look at the guys she loved that southern thing that was her that was one of her favorites you know like Ollie Joe and all those guys like Sam and those guys came up from Texas I believe Sam was from Peoria yeah but those Texas Bill Hicks those Texas guys like that was her shit did you ever get to meet Bill Hicks no he passed too before I came he died 24 years ago yesterday yeah which is the main reason I know that is because um I was a wrestler, and in high school, I, I was a state champion, tw- February 26, 1994, and it turned out that he's the reason that I decided to, I changed my major in college, and, and Became I, I, I listened to his CD and changed my major the next day. 
wow. And I was 100 credits in. I went <gasps> I went to my counselor, and I was like, I'm going to be a comedian. She was like, what? I'm like, Did your counselor hit you? She, was, yeah. she didn't know what to say. <laughs> and I was like, I listened to this guy, and he was the funniest guy I've ever heard, and I'd never, I've never heard of him, which means I can do this for a living even if I never get famous. This is what I'm going to do for the first time in – in college, in my heart, I know what I want yeah, to do. Because yeah. I was getting ready to become a teacher and a wrestling coach, and I didn't want to fucking do that. I didn't really want to do it. I just figured I'd have my summers off and yeah. and coach wrestling, and you know that'd be my life. And then I listened to his CD and changed my major the next day, and then years later I found out that he died on one of the, one of the best days of my life. He died, wow. which was just really weird to me. Yeah, very young, and he was very private about... Because uh, him and Del Mayrera were best friends, so I only know through of Bill through. I mean, really? I, of course I know of Bill, but I didn't know how close him and Dom were. I didn't either. Yeah, and they and Dom would call because they worked here. They worked for the store. They were they were just kind of coming up in the same. You know, they were in the same class, kind of. I think Dom was a little bit later than him, but um, Dom was a teacher for years, so he started later. Okay. You know what I mean? Those guys were already in it, and they just clicked, and Dom said he would call him to be like, hey, man, I'm going to be in Florida or wherever, because I think he was staying with his parents toward the end in Florida or something like that, and he would be like, I'm going to be here, and he wouldn't come out. He didn't tell anybody what he was that he was sick, nothing. Yeah. I can't, I can't wait to talk to Dom again then because... Oh, yeah, Dom and Bill. Really I didn't realize that. Yep. You know what's funny is uh, when I, the first time I met, I always admired Dom Herrera and, and you know, knew who he was and all that, but I, I've never, I had never really spoken to him. And I was at the Laugh Factory, and he was going up after me. And I never go over my time. It's just not something I do. Right. And... Another I, reason. I Professional. Did, I did that night by like two minutes, and Dom was pissed. Really? And, and when I was on stage, in my mind, I was like, I was getting ready to close up, but I was like, I knew Dom was in the room, and I wanted to do, I wanted to keep. Wanted to show off for And Dom? I was killing, oh. yeah. And that's what I was thinking. I was, I was like, I'm going to do this one more bit, you know, because I know Dom Rare's over there, and, you know, I want to talk to him afterwards, and I hope he thinks I'm good. And it was going really well, so I went over by like two or three minutes. And he was not happy about it, which I totally get because I'm the same way. If someone's up in front of me and they go over by a minute, I'm over there going, does this fucker know what 30 minutes is? You know, like, yeah, I, yeah, I can't yeah, help yeah. it. That's just yeah. how I am. And uh, so he was not happy about it. And I went up to him and I was like, hey, Dom. Uh, he goes, you went over your time. And I was like, oh, man, I'm sorry. He goes, you need to get the fuck away from me. <laughs> <gasps> yeah, Dom is an old Italian woman. Yeah. You can't. And, and, well, and I totally get it. But then afterwards... Um, I didn't talk to him that night because I was like, okay, I'm like, get away from this guy. But then after we did talk, uh, I was, I expressed to him, I was like, dude, I, I understand why you're upset, but I just want you to know that I'm, I'm not that guy. I'm really not. And, and after I talked to him for a little while, he, uh, he, he, I think he realized that. And now every time I see him, he's really nice to me and we have good conversations, but I didn't realize. But you also owned it. So that's a big thing to him. He don't. Yeah. If you just walk around like, fuck you, I'm this, blah, blah, blah. No, I was mortified. Then he'll just shut you out. I was mortified. I was like, fuck, Dom, I thinks I'm an asshole. (laughs) Yeah. He, he doesn't like, uh, yeah, he's very, Dom's very professional. And, and I think he liked that. He could tell how much I respected him. Mm -hmm. And, and then, you know. Uh, that helped a lot and i have a ton of respect for those guys like i've never spoken to andrew dice clay for that reason I, i'm like i don't want to bother the guy i'm sure he gets bothered all the time he's unprofessional i'm really? kidding <laughs> <laughs> he runs the light all the time <laughs> well i i know that and a lot of people probably bother him but um to me he's always been and i've told you this um he's like i think chris rock described him as like the rocky of comedy and uh yeah. 
and you know with the comebacks he's made and i know how he, how much he he loved that movie and and at least from what i read maybe he doesn't i don't what, know what movie rocky, oh rocky, rocky of course yeah, yeah i live that, by it yeah me too I, I told somebody the other day i told larry miller at the comedy magic club i was like talking about my dad that's his good friend Really? Yeah. I had a shirt on that. It was a Rocky shirt. It said it was Mickey, and it said, you're going to eat lightning and crap thunder. <laughs> and he was like, that's a great shirt. And then I was like, oh, dude, I love Rocky. Rocky raised me more than my own father. And, and he really, <laughs> I like, everything good I know in my life is from Rocky movies. And, and he was like, that's, and he was laughing about it. And he was like, that's very honest and funny, and you should talk about that more. Yeah. Um, which, when Larry Miller tells you something, you, you, you listen. You listen, yeah. <laughs> So I'm going to try, I, I talk about my dad a little bit in my act, but I think I should probably talk more about that aspect of it because Rocky did fucking raise me. <laughs> that is so crazy. I mean, me and Simone were just talking about Rocky last night and the simplicity of it, mm -hmm. that, that simplicity that like that, you know, people are overcomplicating things nowadays. The actual, the Rocky movie is so simplistic that it's genius. Yeah. Like it's. Like this, like when Joe Frazier, and this is something Steve brought up. When Joe Frazier walks in the ring, and he shakes, uh, I almost said Muhammad Ali, but you know what I mean, Apollo Creed's hand. Yeah. That's who it was based on, Muhammad. And so he shakes his hand, and Rocky looks at Mickey. He goes, "I guess they know each other." Yeah, I guess they're friends. <laughs> yeah. It's so dumb. It's so simple, but yeah. like. They must be yeah. friends. Yeah. <laughs> so, but me and Steve laughed for like 20 minutes because we were like, fuck yeah. I mean, we forget all these little things in there. Yeah. But they're in your head. I mean, I think I know almost every line. Oh, dude. It's I, sad. I could play every character of every Rocky movie. Every yeah. every line, I could do them all. Probably better than the actors who did it. Probably. And I, I would... I, we, they wanted you to read in school, and mm -hmm. I was like, you know, like I said, a little ghetto kid, and I was like, I'm not reading. And they're like, you have to read a book, and you have to, I'm like, Pfft. so I got Sylvester Stallone's autobiography. Mm -hmm. I'm like, all right. Dude, I had two books, Stallone and Larry Bird, really? autobiographies, yeah. that was it. <laughs> and so I read uh, all about Rocky, you know, whatever, all about Sylvester, Sly, Michael, whatever you want to call him, his real name is Michael. Anyway, uh, so. <laughs> have you met him? Yeah, a few times. That's the only, like, I'm not a big, other than comics I respect, I'm not a starstruck person. I don't give a shit about that stuff. Same. Um, but, very few. But if I met him, I think I'd be nervous as hell. Well, I think what happened was I made him what I wanted to marry. Mm-hmm. Okay. Seriously, like, <laughs> not that high was standards it. at all. No, yeah. a little punchy, <laughs> just a nice guy. Yeah. He's not. He's not out to hurt anybody. And anybody, including the girl, you know, he's not a cheat, he's not a runaround, he's just this simplistic guy yeah. that just, you know, likes what he likes, he's good at what he's good at, that's it. My mom was so funny, she would always, she would she would be like, when we'd rock, watch Rocky movies, she'd be like, I just love how he never yells at Adrian, Right. he never raises his voice. See? <laughs> <laughs> no. he's a real, but that's not a South Philly person, because yeah. I grew up in South Philly, so it's also like... This is what I was surrounded by. Like, uh -huh. if you met my buddy Rocco, his name's Rocco. That's awesome. Rocco. <laughs> He's similar, but now I'm. that's not what I want. <laughs> and I love Rocco. We're, like, good friends. We grew up in South Philly together, and now he's a comic, and we're out here together. So yeah. I love it, but it's just a funny thing that when I was a kid, that's what my... In my head, that's what I was going to marry, yeah. right? And so that's what I sought after. And then flash two, 
a lot of years later, I'm a waitress at the store. I meet this guy. He leaves his wife. He's stalking me, basically. I could press charges yeah. with the way things are going today. Mm-hmm. Uh, technically, he stalked me for at least nine months. Uh, Andrew Dice Clay. Right. And then we started dating. And then, because Andrew was that guy. Yeah. He's loyal. He was with his wife for 17 years. They just went through it. Some shit happened. They grew apart. Mm-hmm. But he did nothing until they broke up. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. But then he was coming after me, and I was like, no, you're mad. You know, because in my head, he was that guy. Not that I wasn't in love with him. He was just good to mm-hmm. his wife, and he was very loyal. Then I found out he does yell, and <laughs> he's not that great. And, no, I'm kidding. <laughs> he is a great guy. He's a great father. He's just, you know, whatever. So we went out for, like, five years, mm-hmm. And people always say, oh, why'd you guys break up? And I'm like, because I regained consciousness. And then, <laughs> but when we were going out, we had broken up for a little bit of, because I wanted to move to New York, and I was just going through some shit. Mm-hmm. And we were just fighting too much. And, you know, he, he had full custody of his kids. So it was hard for me, you know, just to come in and take over with these boys. And so it was just whatever. So it was just wasn't working. And um, we broke up, and then he came back and proposed to me. And I was like, oh, shit. And I was like, no, uh, I'm saying no. And so for about a week, we would hang out. And he took me to lunch one day in Beverly Hills. And he goes, I want to introduce you to somebody. And he brings Sylvester Stallone to the table. And I go, are you out of your mind? I haven't said yes to you. And you bring the love of my imaginary life into the picture? Are you crazy? And so I remember just sitting there like, hey, hi, like the worst <laughs> person to meet. Like, oh, I mean, we've been together for years, so I shouldn't be nervous. This is weird. Yeah. <laughs> but I'm telling you, I turned into the girl I've never been yeah. in front of him. So, I yeah, I believe that you can melt. I don't, I'd, I'd probably, like, have all this shit planned, I want to say, too. Oh, yeah. I was like, oh, I was an extra at Rocky IV. Anyway, uh. I'd be like, I'd be like, you know, you raised me more than my dad. And he'd be like, oh, you need to get away from me, weirdo. Yeah. Uh, security? Security? You know, like, yeah. Have you seen Chuck Webner, the show, the movie on Showtime? Uh, I have not, but I know. But that's, that's what he based it on. Yeah, yeah that, guy that's who pretty went good. Distance with Muhammad Ali. Yeah. yeah, Lee Shriver does a great job, actually, and um, yeah, it, it was pretty interesting, though. I, I remember I was I I saw Rocky one was the last Rocky I saw. I was five when I saw Part Two. I like that you say Rocky one. I would never say that. Yeah, just well, Rocky. Well, because to me it was the I had never seen the first one. So I saw two, three, and four before I even saw one. <gasps> yeah, because I was I was only five when when it came out when part two came out, and we were watching it in my parents' basement. And I remember, you know, how Hardy trains and all that the Rocky montage, and then the first few rounds, Apollo's just kicking his ass. Always and, fights with his face. And, I wish you could say that. <laughs> and my five year old my five year old brain could not understand. How Rocky could train that hard and be getting his ass kicked that bad. I was just like, like, what's going on here? <laughs> you know, they're like, calm down. It's going to be all right. And in my brain, I'm like, well, Rocky's got to win. But I just couldn't understand. Well, he didn't win in Rocky. No. But when I found that out, I was like, what? What are you, what are you talking about? 
you know, because I was probably 10 before I even saw the first one. Yeah. Um, and it's probably a good thing because I actually bought, I just bought for my father-in-law, I bought Rocky 1 through 6 and the Creed movies. So all, he knows how to be a father? All seven of them <laughs> I bought him for a Christmas. And oh, I, that's cool. Because he's never seen Rocky. And I was like, dude, how are you in your 60s now? What planet yeah. is he and, is he 60 yet? Anyway, he's late 50s, early 60s, but he's never seen fucking Rocky. And I go, dude, if you want to understand who, Life. who your daughter married, <laughs> you need to watch this movie. And why I, even now when someone says good show or that was great after a, a comedy show, I go, thanks, I appreciate it. And I got that from Rocky because he's always like, I appreciate it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> appreciate it. Yeah. So yeah, I always say I appreciate Absolutely. it. Yeah. That's my favorite. Dude. <laughs> Yeah, I, I'm that. obsessed with him, and I, I mean, it, Dice loved Elvis, that was his guy he emulated for, for stage, it was mm -hmm. never a comic, it was always Elvis, Elvis was the showman, Elvis was, and then Travolta was before Stallone, the, um, what do you call it, uh, Staying Alive? Yeah. So, Staying Alive, because that was a New York thing, mm -hmm. and, and, like, in the very beginning, before he found the name Dice and became Dice. He would do John Travolta, like impressions, mm -hmm. and then he would turn and turn into uh, like more Elvis, and then he would do Buddy Love. I'm sorry, it was Buddy Love that would go into Travolta, a.k.a. Elvis. Okay. And it was like that was the big thing. And it was so much, he did it so much, the John Travolta thing, that they sent a cease and desist Really? <laughs> when he was a kid. <laughs> he was like 19 or 20 performing in Brooklyn, selling out shows. Not even as Dice, just that Travolta character. Really? Selling out like you know, little clubs around Brooklyn. Him mm -hmm. and his father would you know promote and hand flyers out and stuff and get people to come out to shows. And, That's awesome. And uh, yeah, and he would come and he would do, he would put so much into his act. Yeah. But it was such a big show, such a thrill to see him. Mm -hmm. And then the Dice character just took off. Yeah. So crazy. So when, uh, actually at the beginning of my podcast, uh, the first thing that anyone hears is, there's one thing I want you to do for me. What? <laughs> Come when? here. When? Yeah, that's the beginning when? of my podcast. Um, so when he met, when you met Sylvester Stallone that day, yeah, is that why you said yes to Andrew? No. Okay. No. It I thought was like, he, it I was thought like he asked took you another that day. four days. Okay. Because <laughs> I was like, do you think I could get him to leave Jennifer? I'm positive I can get him away from her. So <laughs> I don't he, know if you've ever seen his wife. I've seen her in pictures. Yeah. She's phenomenal. Yeah. And after that, I've met uh, him a few more times. You know, in lighter, so I, I've come around. I'll just say that. I've gotten a little less. By the end of lunch, <laughs> by the end of lunch, were you able to speak like a human or no? Yes. Yeah. Yes. It was very nice. He didn't stay the whole lot. He just hung a little bit. But we go to the same hairdresser. Yeah. So on Saturdays at this place, you could see him or Schwarzenegger, anybody. They're always there hanging out. Yeah. Um, and people are like, Schwarzenegger and Stallone don't get along. I'm like, what? You should see them on Saturdays because I don't know where you're getting that information. Right. They all hang out. Yeah. It's the funniest thing, but the, you know, those stupid papers make everything. You do have good hair, and you always smell like cookies. Thank you. Yeah, that's vanilla. <laughs> I can't get white enough. I keep rubbing myself with vanilla. That's awesome. Every time, I, every time you give me a hug, I'm like, oh, cookies. Oh, and if I sweat, it's worse. They're like, were you just eating fresh-made cookies? I'm like, shut up. <laughs> I just don't want to smell like a foot, you know? <laughs> trying to be a person I, uh, 
Oh, go ahead. I was just going to say, I, I bet you and Andrew had some awesome fights. Oh, yeah. Like, he's a good fighter. I'm not I'm not a verbal fighter. I'm a oh, street yeah. fighter. I'm yeah. a physical fighter. I don't know how to... Like, it took me a long time to vocalize what how I feel. Because okay. I have nine brothers and sisters. I have six brothers, and I had to share a room with them. Boys aren't talkers. Yeah. So I learned to hit first and then ask a question. Okay. So I don't know. I never knew how to argue. I've never had arguments, but Andrew grew up with just his parents and his sister. You know, Mm -hmm. they're like a regular, nice, normal human family. And then his uh, aunt and uncle lived underneath them in like a townhouse kind of thing in Staten Island with their two kids. So they were professional arguers. Right. And they're also Jewish, so it's like yeah. they take it to another level. Yeah, man. And they say the worst things to you where in my neighborhood you lose teeth. Yeah. So I'm like, who the fuck is this guy talking to? <laughs> so I have to restrain myself because I'm like, oh, just hit him with a bat. Like, yeah. you can't do that. Did you ever swing on Andrew? No. no. I would never swing at anybody unless, yeah, yeah. because my dad uh, said, you know, don't, my dad's a Marine. He was like, if you pick your hands up and you swing at somebody, expect for them to swing back. Mm-hmm. Big, little, boy, girl, all of it. Yeah. Dog, cat. It's all going to hit you back. Yeah. If you hit it, it's coming at you. Yeah. Just know that. Yeah. So don't hit unless you understand yeah. how to fight back. Yeah. Not that dice play would hit you, but... Um, no, but uh, I mean... But yeah. Yeah, I've been hit. I, I've gotten hit. Um, and even then, I didn't hit back. I didn't hit back. But like we, we were young. And uh, he just freaked out. One of my first boyfriends, we were together for like seven years. And I think he, like, we were breaking up and he didn't. Know how to handle Yeah. And he, I, I swear, I know I'm not defending him. That's a weird thing to do. But I saw his lostness in his eyes. Yeah. And I was like, oh, shit, that's not the same person. Yeah. And when he hit me, I went up. I remember him across the jaw. I went up and then I went down. Mm-hmm. And I just looked at him and he was frozen. So I grabbed the cordless phone and locked the door. And then I called my because we were in L.A. And I called my brother Jimmy. I was like, hey, this just happened. I don't even know what to do. And Jimmy knows me. I've been arrested for fighting. He knows I got no problem snapping somebody's neck. But I was explaining, look, he freaked out. Like, I don't don't know what to do. And his dad was kind of connected. So we we had to think about how we were going to handle it. You know, because South Philly, everything's very small. Yeah. And it gets dark at night for everybody. So, (laughs) (laughs) it's the best saying I've ever heard. I love it. Yeah. From gangsters. And so, uh, I I just, you know, they, he had to go back home. They just sent for him and he had to go home. And then they had to sit down. And his father basically told my brothers, you could, you could kill him if he ever goes near her again. Wow. Give him permission. Yeah. But it was the weirdest thing that ever happened. Other than that, I've never been hit by anybody or hit anybody. Yeah. Um, I'm in a relationship, I should say. I have a brother named Jimmy, too. Ah, that's yeah. my favorite brother. I'm yeah. kidding. <laughs> I'll get in so much trouble for that. Are they? You're the only girl? <laughs> no, there's four girls and six boys. Oh, wow. God bless. Your yeah, mom. that's Irish. That's full bloom. Yeah. Full breed, if you will. Yeah. <laughs> so you born and raised in Philly? South Philly, yeah. Yeah. Right in Rocky country. 
Did the uh, Did you lose it this year when the Eagles won? I was home. Uh, we only we grew up like a mile from the stadium. Mm-hmm. Like so, I was in Philly. I was working in Jersey, but I would never stay in Jersey because I'm not a monster. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> <laughs> we always pick on Jersey. <laughs> but we, uh, I stayed at my mom's, and that was awesome because I got to watch the Super Bowl there. And when they won, we rushed Broad Street. Like, it was really exciting. Yeah. And here's the weird part. I love the birds. I'll always root for the birds. That's my home team. That's my heart. My mom was a beer girl for the Eagles and the Phillies for years because my parents split up. So she had, like, 50 different jobs until she got one good one. Uh, and that she did that for a while, especially for extra money during the holidays and stuff. So that was, like, a good seasonal job to have. So I always root for the birds, but I'm a giant. Oh, really? You're a giant Rams fan? fan. Oh, we're gi- oh, oh we're a giant, giant Rams giant fan. Rams. Oh, okay. Well, when you said I'm a giant, I was like, I'm a yeah. giant Rams fan because I was going to okay. say Eric Dickerson because I'm a, I fell in love with Eric Dickerson at SMU from the Pony Express, and then when he went to the Rams, I ju- we just all me and my little brother just started liking the Rams. Okay. And my brother Johnny, but then he he's a whoever's winning guy. Yeah. So he went. He was the Jets, and then he was the Rams, and then he was. Now he's back to the Eagles. He was the Giants for a while, and he, he's a jerk off. What, what, what are him. What are your brothers' names? Johnny, Jimmy, <laughs> Johnny, Jimmy, Charlie, Bobby, Billy, Tommy. That's fucking awesome. Yeah, I love it. <laughs> <laughs> and that's Karen, Kathleen, and Edie. Oh, the Kerrigans. The Kerrigan oh, clan. What a, what a My mom's group. sister had 10 kids, too. So Wow. Holy we, shit. We're a tribe, dude. Yeah. Between two people, there's 22 children? Well, or my wait, grandma had... Uh, yeah. There's tw- uh, yeah. Tw- they both had 10. And then my Aunt Suzanne had three. And then my... No, yeah, my Aunt Suzanne had three. And my Uncle Billy had four. So there's, my grandma had four kids, 27 grandchildren. That's crazy. Yeah. And when she passed, she passed in 2005. She was 92, God love her. Uh, she had 45 great-grandchildren. Holy shit. And that has grown even more now. Yeah. And we all still try to get together yeah. as much as possible and yeah. stay connected. That's really cool. Because she was orphaned, like, really young. So she, that was her goal. Have a big family. Yeah. Cool. That all gets along and that all talks to each other. So you guys never, you and Andrew never actually got married? No. Just no, engaged, just engaged. For, for how long? See, we got engaged in April, and I think it was broken off by January. Okay. <laughs> uh, and but you guys have stayed friends, and now you... Oh, yeah, he's my best friend. But the thing is, it wasn't, again, it wasn't his fault. It was me. I was going through some stuff. And then also in 2005, we got engaged in April, and then July 10th, my best friend passed away. And then, and that was like, I just went numb. Yeah. And uh, I couldn't function. Like, I was trying. But bef- I told you, Andrew and I had broken up in the beginning of the year. And then he proposed. Like, we broke up for about six weeks. So my whole life was changing. I was moving to New York. I had all these different plans. Yeah. And then when he proposed, like, I had a... That's why it took so long. Because I was like, I-, I just made all these plans, dude. Like, I'm leaving. And then I wound up staying... And then, oddly, my closest friend in the world died. And it's like, fuck, is that why I was supposed to stay here? Yeah. So that, I, so that I can stay close to Corey and Cruz, his wife and daughter. And I was like, this, this is weird. Like, I don't I didn't know I was supposed to. Like, I, I, And so I guess everything, your life started, you know, flashing before your eyes. And then 20 days later, my grandma died. 
and again, we were tight, tight. So I was, yeah. I was just in Lostville. Yeah, tough period. And I would go, you know, be at Andrews doing dishes, like what? Like I felt like a, a Stepford wife, just kept washing the same dish where the chip was broken, and I just kept going and going yeah. in the same motion, but I wasn't really there. And then, so when we broke up, it wasn't like get out. It was you're going through something. Like it was like a, a kind of a mutual thing. Yeah. Does that make sense? Like. Sure. So then, of course, we stayed good friends because I still helped a lot with the kids. And, in fact, when we broke up, like, I was hooking him up with people because so I'm good at being alone. He's not. Yeah. Like, he likes to date, you know. And so I'm like, I'll hook you up with this girl or that girl. And then he'd be like, she's terrible. <laughs> so, <laughs> so we stayed very, very close. And sometimes people, like, girlfriends are like, why are you so close to your ex? And I'm like, look. Trust me, we're not together. Yeah. It's good. So you're not a jealous person? No, not in the least. No. I never got that. I don't think we had room for that at my mom's house. Yeah. Because <laughs> was, nobody was ever like, he got this and I got that. You get punched in the face, so you lose it quick. Yeah. <laughs> you shut your face, you know. All right. Yeah. <laughs> so you've had an interesting life, Eleanor. <laughs> is, it, is it interesting or sad? What's the, no, kidding. it's interesting <laughs> as hell. Um it's interesting as hell because you, you're also a pro wrestler, which I didn't know about you till really recently. How recent! I love that you found that. Um, out. Well, Drake Nelson, who's he wasn't here today because he he's got a cold and he he he's a gentleman. He respect comedy enough right? to know that you know I'm getting ready to go on the road. And he, didn't, he didn't know what you had coming up, and uh, he's like, I didn't want to give you guys a cold and and you know fuck up your voices before you go right. on the road or whatever. So I really respect that. But he did he did pro wrestling and and. I guess you guys have spoken about it before. What did you do, the fake kind? No, I didn't. Uh, <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> that's how we see it. We're like, oh, you were one of those uh, singlet wearing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you had to wear a helmet, yeah. little sissy. Little earmuffs and all that <laughs> shit. Yeah, I heard it all growing up. Oh, I bet. Yeah. But life. you did a real uh, wrestling. You were a state champion, you said? Yeah, I started when I was seven, and I wrestled all the way through the first two years of college. And, uh, I mean, we wrestled, too, my whole life. I mean, this is funny, like, my brothers, because we don't have one television. So all I know are sports. Yeah. Like, they got control. It was very rare that, the, like, if, if people ask me, well, what's your favorite show growing up? You know, I'm like, mm -hmm. Duke's a hazard. Like, yeah, I watched boy shows. I didn't never watch a girl show. Yeah. Because me and Edie were surrounded. There was four older than us and one in between us. So we were really stuck around boys. Yeah. And so um, we used to watch wrestling all day. I mean, everything. And my brother Bobby, all he would do was be like, you think Mighty Mouse can beat up Andre the Giant? I'm like, absolutely. <laughs> I mean, I don't see why not. He can fly. But yeah. <laughs> that's a normal. He would ask me that question tomorrow. Yeah. I'm aware of it. Like, yeah. You think Daddy could beat up Mighty Mouse? Um, why are you so obsessed with Mighty Mouse? I'm yeah. terrified for you. <laughs> like, <laughs> it's just a thing. But when we would wrestle, uh, our, we would get like a, a flat sheet mm -hmm. and just put, we'd move the coffee table yeah. and put that sheet down and wrestle like, like, oh, if we put this down, we're protected. Yeah. And we would kill each other yeah. and break arms and legs and li everything. Wait, wait. We have so much in common. Right? We would just jump off the couch and, you know, 
uh, clothesline somebody and be like, and they just hit their head on the railing. And we'd yeah. be like, oh, shit, that's going to bleed for a while, huh? Yeah. But we didn't have insurance, so we were like, you better fix that before mommy gets home because you're going to get in trouble. Yeah. <laughs> my my, bro- my dad literally would entertain guests by having my brother box each other and wrestle each yes. other. There would be like 12, 15, 20 people in a big circle like we were at a fucking construction yard in... In uh, a clinic, like any which way but loose or something. Yeah. <laughs> but it was me and my brother. knuckle brawl with you <laughs> yes. and your brother. Me and my Hell brother yeah. just beating the shit out of each other. And it, it kind of fostered kind of an unhealthy uh, competition between the two of us. Like, my brother was older, so he was like. That's different if your parents do it. Like, my parents would yeah. come and be like, what are you guys doing? Knock it off. And my, my dad left when I was like seven, so I don't really remember. Like, I don't know. If he, we wouldn't do that if he was there. We only did it because my mom was asleep because she was working her ass off to feed 10 kids. So we got away with a little bit more, the younger half. So your dad left when you were seven? Yeah, my parents split up when I was seven. But he didn't go far, only a couple blocks away. Hey, buddy. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, He just wasn't in that house anymore, which was a blessing, technically. Because he was a hitter. Yeah. Okay. So we were freer. When it was just my mom, and she would kind of let us be us, but then if we got out of hand or broke something, she would lose it, you know, because it's like, we don't have much, and I can't afford, I don't have insurance, so I'm not going to, my dad wasn't playing, paying child support or anything, so my mom was paying all the bills, everything, so we all had to start working kind of right. quickly, and so it was like, you know, when we had our little kid moment, she would kind of let it happen because it was... Okay, they're going to have to get jobs tomorrow. So, so you grew up wrestling, yeah. you know, so it was kind of a natural progression for you? How old were you when you No, started? no. Uh, I grew up street fighting more. I mean, we played wrestling with my brothers, but street fighting was, was my favorite. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and then I had to move out of uh, Philly because it was just too much. I was constantly in you know, I'd hit one girl, and then 50 other girls would come from a different direction. Why'd you hit my friend? Oh, fuck. You yeah. know, it's like, you know, I ha- or even an argument, you know, you have with somebody, they come at you. You're like, God damn it. Yeah. Why'd you say this? You called her that, and blah, 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 whatever. It was, it's round robin. And right. I was like, this is driving me crazy. I want to be an actress. And I wasn't telling anybody I wanted to be an actress. I would just take classes at Temple University. I was sneaking up to Temple to take classes. And everybody's like, why can't you come out tonight? I'm like, I'm tired. They're like, what's happening to you? Yeah. And then I moved to Los Angeles, and they were like, you're a dick. Like, <laughs> so and we're all still friends, but it was just whatever. You had goals you never told us about yeah. over here. What do you think? You're better than us. Drake wanted me to ask you, uh, um, did you have early influences wrestling, or was it just like because you and your brother beat the crap? No, no. I mean, here, here's the thing. I feel bad that he's asking like legit questions, but um, <laughs> I was, like I said, an actress. So I would yeah. go to auditions. And my friend called me up. She's like, hey, I want you to go to this audition tomorrow. And I was like, what? She said, it's for wrestling. And I thought it was for like, you know, I don't know. I don't know what I thought. Yeah. I, I don't know if I thought it was a TV show or just something. Like a sketch, I don't know. And I, it was working here, so I was in the kitchen. And I'm like, I'm not going to this fucking audition. You know, it's in a hotel. 
which you know it's a problem. Yeah. And, you know, it's not a real audition. It's not a casting director. Yeah. Somebody's going to record me and it's going to be on, you know, the dark web later. So <laughs> I was like, you know what I mean? Or they're going to cut me for organs. I don't know what's happening, but it just didn't seem right. And then they were like, the comics were like, you should go, you should go. And it was my buddy, the past, Freddie Soto and Joe Rogan, a bunch of us just in the kitchen late night messing around. So we were coming up with characters and then, you know, like the guys influenced me were Andre the Giant and Mr. Fuji and Bob Backlund and Rowdy Roddy Piper you know so it was like I love those characters so I was coming up with stuff and then they were coming up with stuff we were all goofing in the kitchen and it became a thing and then I have this baseball bat in my car naturally yeah and I got it out and I started hitting things in the kitchen and they were like you gotta do that go in the audition and do that and I did and they hired me. Yeah. I thought they were going to arrest me. Yeah. But they hired me. So I really had no interest in being a professional wrestler. I just auditioned for something. And they liked that I would talk shit and swing a bat. Yeah. So they were like, she'd make a great heel. And they hired me and trained me to be a wrestler. That's awesome. So it was like... I was like, oh, my God. And I remember I called my mom. I go, Mom, don't get mad at me because I'm such a tomboy. And she, I said, I'm going to take this job. It's a wrestling show. And she's like, oh, I'm so excited, honey. Yeah. And I go, really? It's a wrestling show. She's like, no, they have great women characters on there. I go, Ma, it's not even made. What are you talking about? Yeah. And it was all women. And I said that. And so she goes, oh, I'm so happy for you. I was on a cell phone, and it was 1999, 2000. So I was like, let me call you when I get to a landline. Yeah. If you have young listeners, they can Google it. Yeah. And so I get to a landline, and I called her back, and my sister Karen answered. And she was like, yo, you're going to be on West Wing? <laughs> I was like, no, no, no. So your mom thought you said she West really, Wing instead of wrestling. Yeah. That's awesome. She goes, if you say that in a sentence fast, it sounds the same. I'm like, no, no, it doesn't. <laughs> nope. And she, and then she, I was like, she told everybody. I had to tell the whole family that like I wasn't gonna be hanging out with Martin Sheen. I was gonna have a woman with a mullet and a sleeper hold. Yeah. So I, but then my mom would call me and critique me and be like, you know, when you're pretending to punch someone, you're missing and stomping your foot too fast. Pay attention. I'm like, whoa, whoa. <laughs> She's into it. Yeah. So, but I got better as it went on, but I, and then I fell in love with it. I was like, this is terrific. Yeah. Did you have a favorite move? Uh, I mean, I used to do the Bronco Buster. I don't know what that people. is. I basically bounce on somebody's chest with my uh, vagina. <laughs> um, <laughs> I like how you weren't sure what to call it. Yeah, I was like, let me, let me fix this. Let me fix this. I'm not going to say the two lesbians that trained us influenced it, but... Yeah, that's funny. <laughs> but like, I always used to laugh. I'd be like, Selena, are you trying to get me to do this to you? Because yeah. you want me. What's the deal? And she would always laugh. She'd be like, get out of here, Easy. Because that was my name, Easy Rider. Yeah. Yeah. So if it wasn't bad enough that I was going to wrestle, my name was Easy Rider. So my mom could God, that's so be funny. so proud. When I was a kid, there was this there was this coach that used to call me easy all the time because I was like, uh, you know, I was just a real quiet kid and didn't you know talk shit or anything. I was just I was a good wrestler, but I didn't. And he would just and he started calling me easy, and it kind of stuck. And and then a bunch of a bunch of coaches would call me that and be like, easy, easy Gaither. Like, yeah. <gasps> oh my funny. god. Yeah. So 
We're twinsies. Yeah, we have a lot of shit in common. I'm sitting here listening to you, and I'm like, God, it's like I grew up in Kansas and Arkansas, and you grew up in Philly, but we were kind of living in parallel worlds. Like, I'm not very close with my dad to this day, but um, the one thing that I always tried to impress him with was like if I got into a fight or something you know that was like the only time he would he would like you know kind of really listen to like what happened to me that day so I started even making up shit I'd be like yeah I got no fight today dad and then he'd be like oh yeah (laughs) no he would kind of listen then but yeah so yeah I I'm still close with my dad and um yeah I don't try to impress him I uh, I remember this one this was a weird defining moment that I always remember when I was young, when my parents first split up, and I was little, like seven or eight, something like that. So I always look at my nephew, who's around that age now, and I'm like, damn, I was, that is really little. Like, you don't think of it, because Mm -hmm. we were so mature, meaning we had to grow up a lot faster. Mm -hmm. Like, my dad left, and it was like, okay, you have to figure out how we're going to make money, guys. Everybody pick something up. Let's get a job. So, and my dad was a typewriter repairman, so... The money wasn't flowing in. Yeah. And uh, so we, um, I remember my dad called to talk to us. This was in the beginning when they split up. And I was like, okay, okay. You know how kids are when they talk to a parent. Mm-hmm. And I I either gave the phone to my little sister Edie or my little brother Bobby, and I turned and I rolled my eyes in front of my mom. Mm-hmm. Like, ugh, him. You know, because I was trying to, show her that I'm on team mommy. Right. And she said, uh, she said, come here, why did you do that? And I go, do what? Like, I was trying to deny it because I was like, am I in trouble? Mm-hmm. And she goes, don't do that. You're doing that to make me feel better. He's your father. You have to love him. He's the only father you're going to have. Yeah. And I was like, oh, she goes, he loves you. And that's it. It's, it's what went on between us has nothing to do with you yeah. guys. Yeah. So um, don't do that. Love him. And I was like, okay. That's awesome because my parents. But it was like right there, nipped in the bud. She saw it. She's, no, yeah. no, don't do that. Yeah. And sometimes that's all it takes is once, you know. To, yeah, because I was like. Oh. To get the point across. But my parents did the opposite. They used each other. Used us. The, the, whole, the whole thing. They were like the bad parenting book when it came to like divorced couples. and. But I think that's the norm. Yeah. I think it. I think it is too. Because I remember Aunt, uh, Dice and his ex that started happening, and he, he started doing it back because she would do it first. Whatever it doesn't matter who started right. it, but it would whatever. When I would talk to him, it would come off like she came at him first. But who knows what he did? You know, there's always three sides to every story. Yeah. And so I'm like, you know, um, he started doing that. And I was like, don't, please don't do that. Mm-hmm. Because the only people that's gonna hurt are the kids. Yeah. Not you guys. You guys are adults. You'll be fine. You're you're gonna move on, but those kids are gonna feel it the most because I I was fortunate. My mom is a fucking saint, but my friends went through that. Mm-hmm. My I had a friend. Their parents were fighting so bad that they were buy, they were buying the kid everything, and. Uh, <laughs> He would get every week, he'd get a new fucking thing. So his mom bought him a dog, a puppy. They already had a big dog. She bought him a new puppy. Just, mommy's better, right? Yeah. So now there's two dogs in the house. And the father goes, oh, yeah? The father's a gangster. He bought him a tiger. 
So we had a tiger in South Philly. We, we, were running around, we were running around on the island with a fucking puppy and a tiger. Yeah. Swear to God. That's how awesome. crazy is that? That's fucking great. Yeah. So but he's a little nutty now. Yeah. He misses his tiger. And your dad's still alive, right? My dad's still alive. My dad's 82, just turned 82 in okay. December. Cool. So, yeah, I talk to him once in a while when I need more material. Yeah. Because yeah. he's nutty. But that's what my mom says. Like, you got to let that go. You know, he, 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 like when you were saying you're trying to impress your dad, like if I said, you know, not me, my sister Kathleen went through it where she would do what you did, where yeah. she would try to get his attention. Approval. For some reason, it bothered her the most. And it was probably the age she was when they split up. Yeah. And, you know, it was a weird situation. But she was in high school. And I think that's worse because you're developed more and you're really feeling what's happening. And she would always do anything to get his approval. And my mom would say, honey, you got to let that go. Yeah. Like it's not, he's not going to pay it. He's just not that person. Yeah. He's not that person you want him to be. And it's going to stifle you and not him. Mm -hmm. So don't do that to yourself. Right. And I mean, my mom did all that without therapy. So I think that's amazing. Yeah. I don't know if that's my hardcore-ass grandma who did, you know. I, I just know I remember those little talks, those little things I would hear. Yeah. Because we were in a little tiny row home, so you heard everything. Yeah. Yeah, it took me a long time. To, my, my, you couldn't, I couldn't really impress my dad with, with anything. Like, we, my brother and I were good wrestlers, so, you, but you could tell, like, you could tell who he loved more that day. Like if I got first and my brother got second or vice versa, you could tell. And, uh, and I think that's part of why I'm so fucking hard on myself now and why I, and I've recently kind of let go of, I, I haven't been getting like nervous lately, but something else you don't know probably, but not too long ago here, I was telling you how nervous I get here sometimes. Oh yeah. And you were like, you looked at me and you were like, don't you know how fucking funny you are? Right. It's true. You're <laughs> fucking hilarious. I appreciate it. And but the way you said it was just like and you're like, Mitzi passed you on the first time. You know how fucking rare that is? And it made me really feel uh good about myself. <laughs> and and like I've tried not to be so hard on myself ever since you told me that. Are you good friends with your brother still? We we weren't when we were younger I he, he we are now, yes. Okay, good. Yeah, because yeah. I was going to say, that's not fair that that happened to you guys. and That was because you were both yeah. probably fighting for the same thing. Yeah. His approval. And my brother is a little older than me, so and, and he was really good and, and all that stuff. So I kind of, there was part of me that probably, you know, grew up like, he was just a great athlete. Like, we would go running, <laughs> and he was the kind of dickhead that could run so far ahead of you, you couldn't see him at all. And then he would run all the way back to me and be like, Just laugh at you. Yeah. Yeah. Well, he, he, more, he, he was the older brother, and he, I was, for me, it was like, God, you're a fucking dick. But he was just, like, trying to help me. And he was like, he'd be like, what are you doing? And then he'd turn around and be gone again before, and before you could, he was just a dot before, yeah, before yeah. he knew it. But now, um, we're pretty tight and, uh, oh, good. and he, good, good. he's such a great dad and doesn't put any of that shit on it. His, his kids yeah, are all good athletes. Yeah, probably all came to him, like, yeah. for all this thing. And I mean, it's gotta be hard. Yeah. I can't imagine, I mean, you know, feeling like somebody was loved more than the other. We teased my brother Tommy because he was the first kid. So my mom would always say, oh, not my Tommy. <laughs> you know, and that, and we tease him to this day. And one time he cursed 
My mom was on the phone. Tommy cursed. And my mom turned around and smacked my brother Jimmy because he's normally the cursor. Mm -hmm. And Jimmy was like, Tommy said it. And she goes, not my Tommy. <laughs> and <laughs> the poor Tommy. it became a thing. And Tommy was like, <laughs> Meanwhile, Tommy was like, smart kid. He got all the brain. He got all the brains that my parents could put together yeah. for the rest of us are just, you know, <laughs> chewing on fucking lead all day. And Tommy's really ridiculously smart. Like, broke records in high school and shit. Yeah. And the rest of Jimmy had to detail everybody's car to graduate. Like, I'm telling you, it's a sin. How we got out of school, Tommy's the smartest. So, he, anyway, so he was, uh, he was growing weed in the bedroom. Mm -hmm. And my mother was like, what is this? And Tommy goes, Mom, don't touch it. It's a science experiment. And she fucking believed him. Yeah. So for years, he was growing weed in the 70s. I mean, I wasn't around yet, but it, or if I was, I was a baby baby. Mm -hmm. But I didn't know this, but my older brothers and sisters always said, he was fucking growing weed. That's fine. Not my Tommy. You know, so they <laughs> they all just shit on the... <laughs> yeah, I was the baby of the family and the peacemaker. And I was all, everyone was oh, no. fighting and all that shit. And it's like, only two of you, though? There's three of us. Well, my brother, my dad has five kids now. But, okay. But when we were younger, it was just me, my sister, and my brother. And I was the baby of the family. And when people, they would, my parents fought all the time. And I was always trying to get everyone to not fight and just love each other. Because I was the baby, you know. So, yeah. So they called me the peacemaker and mama's boy and all that shit, you know. Because I just wanted everyone to love each other. Get right. Along. My brother Bobby's a mama's boy. Yeah. But I, I think it has a lot to do with my dad leaving at that time. And Bobby was younger than me. So he was five or six, something like that. Yeah. So, you know, that was a real... And he would he would just cuddle up with my mom. Like, that was his buddy. Yeah. And he was a night owl. And so is my mom, which kind of sucks for a person that has to work mm -hmm. nine to five and has 10 kids. She got into the habit of staying up late, ironing, doing clothes, you know, yeah, takes long with 10 kids. So she got like into watching late night shows and stuff. And Bobby would be like, be awake. And she'd be like, well, sit down here with me, bud, and watch TV. So that was her like buddy. So he became a yeah. real mama's boy. Yeah. It's funny, I have, I have a lot of my mom in me when it comes to that. Like, I can be exhausted, and if I fall asleep for like five minutes in the chair and then I wake up, then I'm fucking up, and it's I just can stay awake forever. Oh, and no. she's the same way. And We're I, not. Like, I'll, I'll visit her now, and she'll fall asleep in this chair, and I'm like, Mom, we need to go to bed. And she's like, I'm not asleep. And I'm like, yes, you are, goddammit. <laughs> You're snoring. Yeah. You, you literally, she would fall asleep literally with food in her mouth. I'm like, what are you fucking doing right now? Oh, that's fine. No, we'll, we'll go to sleep. We love to sleep. We just like, to, we prefer to sleep late yeah. and stay up late. Yeah. Yeah, we're sleepers. That's what Andrew used to call me, the sleeper. Yeah. He used to record me while I was sleeping, that son of a bitch. Yeah, really? Because he couldn't believe that I could sleep long. Yeah. I was like, it's called depression. Uh, you shouldn't film it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Well, that's great that you guys are so tight now. I, I had like twenty five questions just written down oh, because I was gonna ask you all this stuff, but it's okay. I just do it in case you know, like it goes stale or there's nothing to talk about. But we didn't really need to talk about any of this shit. We just, uh, I didn't need to ask any of this stuff. I mean, some of it probably got answered anyway. But um, do you still get nervous before you do stand up? Oh my god, yeah. Uh, anywhere though, not just here. Anywhere. Right. I think. Um, I, I still do those dips. You know how I do my prison dips? But yeah. I started doing that because I would get nervous. Uh -huh. And I didn't, you know how you go to an audition and you hold a paper and your arm 
sometimes your hand shakes and yeah. you're like, oh shit, how do I get it to stop? But yeah. it's just nerves. Yeah. So I would do those dips before I went on all the time just to calm my own nerves. And then once you go on stage, you, I do what my mom said, just let it all go, mm-hmm. you know? And, but I still get like, I just had a showcase a couple weeks ago for something and they said it was, I don't know, I think six minutes or seven minutes. And I was like, fuck, did you forget how hard that is to do? Yeah, so I was a nervous wreck and then I went on stage and I let it go. But then I was like, oh, I got to get this bit in, this bit in. And then I went fast. Mm-hmm. And I was like, really? Yeah. Really? After 11 years, almost 11 years, you're, you're going to speed up like that? Yeah. Idiot. But it just bothered me. And they loved it, but I'm like, you don't know anything about stand-up, that's why. Yeah. Because I like to hate myself. <laughs> yeah. Well, seven minutes, for me, is so much harder than doing 45 or Absolutely. an hour or an hour. Because I know I'm going to do I'm gonna do all my jokes, I'm going to talk to the crowd whenever I want. You have time to turn them into you. Yeah. And when seven minutes, it's not enough, it's not enough fucking time, you know. Yeah, and that host was doing no time. Like, it was one of those. Yeah. It's, it's all or nothing for us. It's funny. If they just bring you right up, you're like, fuck, couldn't do one thing. Or if they do three minutes, you're like, really? You're going to do that long? Yeah. <laughs> We're so hard to please, I think. Yeah. I, I, I'm i hardwired to be nervous. I, it's not just a comedy store for me. Either. I think so. Yeah. Sometimes, like it'll, that. sometimes it'll be the most bullshit gig in the world that'll make me the most nervous. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it'll be something big. And when I was a kid, I was that way. I was in high school until I stopped throwing up the first few days of school I'd get that nervous oh wow and then wrestling I was the same way except when it came to like league regionals and state like the big tournaments I wasn't nervous at all and I'm that way with now if I have a huge show for some reason I'm like god I should be more nervous than I am but I'm not and it's just a a psychological thing I didn't like going to church or being around crowds at all when I was a kid and now I do now I do this for a living so it's funny, and sometimes my heart will be beating so fast, I'm like, fuck, I'm not going to be able to do this. And then as soon as they call my name, it's like I turn into a different person, you know. And I oh. get it when I get up there behind the microphone, and my, I'm like, it's like I just woke up from a nap, and I'm like, yeah. what the fuck was that all about? You know, but it's just part of and it. And everything that's out there goes away. And yeah. then you, it's the only thing we really have control over, mm-hmm. technically. Yeah. So, and then, which is weird to say, because you don't have control. Anything can happen. Yeah. too but you feel like even if something whatever they throw at you yeah you can figure it out yeah which is weird that we don't use that in our everyday life yeah like yeah oh i just got hit with a curveball i know how to shut this down <laughs> yeah i get kind of combative too like if i if i don't like a crowd or if they're not you know giving me what i feel like i deserve um by the end of it i'm like you know what you can all go fuck yourselves you're all stupid <laughs> you know here's another joke you won't get you dumb motherfucker you know i just i get... try not to do that but i want to badly i gotta be honest what's well, part of the reason i had to quit drinking like now i can just kind of push play in my head and hate a crowd and you know and inside and and they come off and I'm like hey you look like you had a lot of fun i'm like i hated those fucking people but when i was drinking i'd be like you know 30 minutes in i'd be like you know what <laughs> here's what if i think all oh, you yeah I bet you if I watched you, I could tell when you hate a crowd and when you like it. Because I can tell with Dice. It's my favorite thing. Really? When he's on stage, I'm like, oh, you hated them. He goes, with all my heart and soul. <laughs> <laughs> because it, it's a certain rhythm that mm-hmm. gets lost yeah. on a crowd that's not 
you know, into it or respond or whatever. Like if if they give you a negative energy for some reason, if you can feel it, yeah. and then uh, like I I could watch him go on, like you said, press play, go into his thing, and he'll just bat 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 bat, and it's no more playful audience mm-hmm. fun. Yeah, it's just go right through it, and I I've been learning to do that too, kind of, because part of me wants to fix them. Cause mm-hmm. I'm the fixer, yeah. you know, like, Hey, I can fix you. I'm a people pleaser. Let me please you. What do you want to talk about? You know, <laughs> an asshole. And I'm like, but then now I'm just getting better at just letting it go. Like, yeah. all right, we, it's not my responsibility to, to make them feel better as people. Yeah. And, they don't. And some crowds uh, aren't good laughers, but they might really be enjoying the oh, show. I, I hate that. I've had a lot of those too. And recently, just this last weekend, um, my headline set right now is about 52 minutes if it's all going the way I want it to. And the first show Friday, I did every joke I had and maybe some more extra, and I did like 43 minutes. That's how shitty they were. Like It was like nine minutes la- oh my less God. of laughter than I'm, than I'm used to. And I was kind of rushing through it and all that. And I've been doing this for a living now for 17 years, 19 overall. And that's kind of what's addictive about this is... Just when you think, like my friend Jason Dixon, who's like a savant of stand-up, he's like, he's like, you know, it's a dangerous thought to think, you know, I might not kill anymore, but I think I'm done eating it. Because as soon as you even have that thought, yeah. you're about to eat shit. Or, or I've had it, I've had that stop, thought on stage where I'm like, this is going really well. And then in my head, I'm like, you idiot, why'd you, <laughs> why'd you have that thought? Because <laughs> then it's about to, you know, not, oh, you're yeah. not, not necessarily that you're going to start eating it, but all of a sudden it's not as great as it was, you know? Yeah, and you just just psych yourself into something that you can't get out of. It's hard. (laughs) No, it's hard. I I was telling somebody, another thing Simone and I were talking about, Steve Simone, last night, uh, there was this guy that used to work the door here, his name's Harris Pete, and he was in show business a long, long, long time. He came up with Letterman, Leno, all those guys. So he was here from the beginning, and he worked the door out front. Yeah, I'm, I'm just going to say he's a little bitter, right? Yeah. And I love Harris Pete. He's funny. He was one of the voices of Ren and Stimpy. Like, but one of the things he said to Simone that stuck with him forever, <laughs> and he never, I mean, Harris has always dropped words of wisdom to me, but this one was great. He said, this town, meaning show business, whatever, this town will give you just enough to keep you in it yeah and then fucking stomp on you and i was like oh my god that is so harris and so true Mm -hmm. like that's what it does because one time when you feel the lowest all of a sudden a little light will come on yeah oh wait okay i'm gonna showcase for that oh great Mm -hmm. and then and then you rush through your showcase and you're like fuck and then the next day oh but i met this guy and he produces this is a little hey and yeah. then it's up and up and up. Dude, right, it, it's always right when I'm like, you know what? Yeah. Fuck this. I'm quitting. I don't need this bullshit anymore. I'm then, packing my car. Then I get an email. Hey, you want to come to the Funny Bone and blah, blah, blah? And I'm like, yes. Of course I do. <laughs> but then I, but then my whole day changes. Like, oh, I'm, I'm good again, you know? Yeah. It's and amazing. We're yeah, sick. We are sick fucks. I'm sorry, guys. Yeah. <laughs> um... Yeah, we've already been talking for an hour and 15 minutes. Oh, really? I was, yeah. I'm a cacodeo and I could talk a lot. No, I know. This has been, uh, you know, I've done, this is my 48th podcast, but I, I've only done two from the comedy store. And last week I did it with a, a reggae band friend of mine. So you're the first comic that I've had on 
from the comedy store, and I was oh, doing it from my house, and a lot of them were call-ins, um, which can be can be good because I know a lot of road comics, but uh, you don't always get the best quality sound on the yeah on the phone. Um, so I'm I'm I was just I'm really grateful that you were able to come on here and be the first comedian I've had on here from the comedy store and. I, Great. I tell everyone all the time how much I love Eleanor Kerrigan. Oh, you're and, so sweet. Oh, and I, I, I really well, you do. have to come on the Comedy Store podcast with your other to. Kansas City buddy, Ricky. And uh, Rick Ingram is the co host, but we'll swap cast it. Okay. And that helps, you know, cross over yeah. followers and whatnot, whatever. You know, it's funny that story you told me a minute ago about, you know, that something comes along to keep us doing it. Because. <laughs> it was the Comedy Store podcast? No, no. When I was, <laughs> when I was in. Uh, Kansas City, when I, which is where I started, we would sit in the back and, you know, we were like the good open micers or whatever, and we'd, you know, the shitty open micers would come up, and there'd be some guy that had been doing literally the same three minutes for like five years. Oh, boy. And they were just so proud of the fact that they'd written three fucking minutes that they, even though it never got a laugh, they just couldn't get rid of it. And every now and again, one of their shitty jokes would get a laugh, and I would look at whoever was next to me, and i go, God damn it, that's going to keep him doing that three more years. Yeah. Because <laughs> he got one fucking that's exactly laugh out of it. right. Well, is there anything uh, anything you want to plug as far as your social media and all that crap? That uh, my social media? Yeah, I try, guys. Don't hate me. I try. I just post shows. I don't I don't post jokes because people steal stuff, and I don't like that. Yeah, so. me neither. Once in a blue moon, maybe a video. Mm-hmm. I don't know. You know, but I don't love to people are like you gotta put your jokes on there i'm like why so you have a sitcom yeah uh i'm not doing it they already come to the live shows and do it so yeah. just come to a live show i'm always at the comedy store i'll be in vegas when does this come out um well it depends on hopefully tomorrow actually oh okay it comes yeah. uh i'll be in vegas this weekend at the tropicana with dice okay. friday saturday sunday and then march 14th at parks casino in philadelphia okay so i'm excited about that what are your social media handles? Oh, EJ Kerrigan, or just Eleanor Kerrigan. It comes up now. Okay, cool. <laughs> All right, well, uh, I really, really appreciate you being on here. And, uh, Thanks for having me. Everybody who's listening, make sure you go to timgathercomedy.com. I'll have my dates on there. I'll be at the Albany Funny Bone this week, and then the Reno Laugh Factory the week after. Uh, Facebook.com slash comedian Tim Gaither. I need more likes on my fan page because that shit counts way more than it yes. should these days. And always go to making it happen and help out little Bo Macon. And uh, little boy with a disease that I always try to plug his... Uh, oh my God, that's so sweet. Well, he's from my hometown. His uh, his mom went to my middle school and, and he's got this... Rare, his, his disease is so rare that they've called it Bo's Syndrome. Like, oh, like it's just terrible. And the you shit gotta this kid hook has up to with Simone. He helps so much raising money for yeah. stuff like that. So. I, I, I love Steve. Yeah, I, I'd like to have him on here. And it, it's so much more fun to do live than it is over the phone. So, yeah, this was honestly one of the best podcasts on. Well, it's just because there's not a phone and it's not underwater. And no, not. it's because you're great and you have great stories. And we, we could probably have done two of these easily and just broken it into one, two. Well, I, got, I, didn't, back. I didn't get to any of these, we'll any of these fucking questions, but uh, <laughs> we didn't, like I said, we didn't need to. I just do it in case, like, you know, there's nothing to talk about. Oh, which. I get it. We have a, a list of questions that we want to ask the comics, but then the comics come on and they just yeah go into, you know, their life. And you're just like, oh. Oh, okay. We don't. Okay. Yeah. No, you made it really easy, and you were great to have on here. And uh, yeah, thanks, Eleanor. Thank you so much. So. And check out Easy Rider, Wow Women of Wrestling. Wow. Okay. Yeah, because I still do commentary for them, digital. Really? Yeah. 
online. They have a, they're, I think they're in season five. Cool. I did the last three seasons. Awesome. I commentate sometimes to the Big Ten Network and uh, oh, that's awesome. for college wrestling. Yeah, it's fun. Um, I do real wrestling. <laughs> <laughs> so funny. All right. Well, God bless you, Eleanor. Thanks a lot for being on here. Thanks and, for uh, having me. You bet. We'll talk to you later. Bye. All right, that was cool. Thanks. Thank My you. Ears getting hot.